0: Notre Dame Federal Credit Union has been serving the Notre Dame community for more than 80 years. Get a debit or credit card from Notre Dame FCU and take a little bit of Notre Dame with you wherever you go. Member-owned not-for-profit banking is the way to go. You're a share of values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union. Time now for our Focus on Faith interview, and it's with uh, the legendary Tim Brown. I imagine, Kevin, uh, back in the day growing up here in South Bend, that was one great football player to watch as a kid for you. Yeah, he well, he was great at Notre Dame and then again, his NFL career was awesome too. I was a Raiders fan. Oh, you were a, Raider. a, a Raiders Raiders okay. fan as a kid, so that that was pretty pretty cool. And I was not a Raiders fan as a kid. I did not grow up in South Bend, yeah. and I loved him as a kid as well. I mean, he he was that good as a as a Raider. And of course, uh, he's Notre Dame's last Heisman Trophy winner in 1987, one of the best wide receivers in NFL history, an extraordinary player for the Raiders after his ND career ended. Uh, college football, Pro Football Hall of Fame. I've been blessed to interview Tim a lot over the years, especially when he went into the College Football Hall of Fame back in 2009. But we've never had a chance to talk about his faith. And he was so open and honest about his journey and the, the struggles he had at times. Very real and candid stuff about that. So here's Focus on Faith with the great Tim Brown. All right, Tim, first of all, thanks for joining us here today. I've interviewed you a ton of times over the years, but we never got a chance to to talk about faith and happy to be able to do that with you now. Take us back, Tim, to to your maybe starts, your roots a, as a kid and, and how important faith was in your family growing up.
1: Man, look, um, I... Um... I grew up in church, brother. I mean, I was born and raised in church, and when I say that, I mean that because Wednesday night, Friday night, all day Sunday, we were in church. But it was something that I really enjoyed because, um, first of all, I was playing, you know, percussions. or playing the, we didn't have drums, and so we had a drum. So I played the drum <laughs> <laughs> when, I, when I was six, seven years old at at the church, and um, so I was. Um, I was always always eager to go you know to be able to to do that so um so it was just a part of my life man I mean and to be honest with you as I got older and realized that a lot of kids didn't go to church uh like I did you know I couldn't figure out if I was weird or if they were weird but I knew there was a difference between my life and and the life of of some of these kids that I was I was interacting with.
0: I know you're not Catholic but did Notre Dame and your faith life play a factor in your decision to go to Notre Dame, or did that not really have a factor in any way?
1: Um, certainly, a faith-based, um, you know, school was something that we were looking for. But you know, I mean, I think my parents and everyone around just liked the fact that we were, um, we were looking at a university that did things different, right? And um, and certainly I believe that's because of it being faith-based that it is, you know, that they do do things differently. So I think from that standpoint, it played a part but didn't play a part, if you know what I mean. So Yeah.
0: No, that makes sense. And, and then you kind of said, you know, you weren't sure if you were the weird one or if others were the weird ones. And then almost in everyone's faith journey, probably around those times, you know, you kind of lose your way. When did When did you start maybe – <laughs> not not living the faith life as well as you would have liked when did that kind of start for you tim
1: um well certainly you know you know what uh <laughs> they used to call them little fast tail girls <laughs> you know you know you, you get you get you get uh you get somebody whispering in your ear man that uh that uh things that uh you've never heard before and you get your boys, you know, on you about, you know, not, not having been with the woman, then it it becomes tough, man. It becomes tough to, you got, you got a woman on one hand challenging you and you got your boys on the other hand challenging you. And, you know, it, it becomes very difficult. And, you know, unfortunately for me, you know, that happened at a relatively young age and uh, you know, and, Um, and, you know, you realize, wow, this wasn't so bad, you know, and, you know, you sort of, you know, continue that lifestyle and, you know, you get to the point where all of a sudden now you're sitting in California with a pocket full of money and, and you got all these beautiful women around you and it becomes an issue, you know, it becomes a real issue. You know, I, I never drank alcohol in my life. I never smoked a joint in my life, you know, wasn't really, um. Uh, partying guy, per se, I certainly enjoyed my time, you know, but, uh, you know, I wasn't one that was going to stay up three or four o'clock in the morning partying and doing all that kind of stuff. But, you know, but I had some issues that I was dealing with, man. And uh, so, and it became tougher because um, the, the situation I was in became easier to to manip- 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 manipulate not only myself, but other people. Um, and um, so from that standpoint, it just um, uh, from 16 till I was about 25, man, I was just really going through it. And, um, and when I was about 25, uh, that's when I realized that I had to, I had to, you know, start doing things differently.
0: Well, we're talking to Tim Brown, legendary former Heisman trophy winner from Notre Dame pro football, college football, hall of famer. Uh, joining us here on Notre Dame Federal Credit Union's Irish Sports Saturdays, our Focus on Faith interview. Tim taking us through his, his faith journey. You mentioned at 25, what, what, what clicked? What changed? What happened that you realized it's time to, to stop acting the way I'm acting and, and, and be, become closer to God again?
1: Yeah, well, you know, I, I literally felt like, I uh, never forget, man, I was in my tri, tri-level condo in Manhattan Beach, California. And um, I was brushing my teeth. And, and I looked in the mirror, mirror, and it's like, I just heard the spirit say, Tim Brown, when are you going to do my will? And I mean, almost to the point where I I felt like I almost dropped my toothbrush, right? Because I felt like I I almost heard an audible voice, you know. But it's like the spirit was saying to me, when are you going to do my will? And I literally was, you know, trying to justify, hey, I'm a great guy. You know what I mean? I got five girlfriends, but I treat them all well, you know what I mean? And, you know, I don't do this. I don't do that. And constantly what I heard was, when are you going to do my will? And and it it was it was just a moment that I just had to go, wow. Okay. And and look, I, I'm not trying to tell you that once I heard that, you know, I went cold turkey and you know, it was a process. It was a process of elimination. And um, you know, I think I had to, you know, come to grips with where I was in, in my faith walk and where I was in reality, you know, with, with you know, with the situation that I had at hand. And but it's just amazing how God, you know, eliminated this this person and that person, and you know, it it was just you know a pretty pretty wild how all that happened, you know. So to the point where, you know, two or three years later, you know, I was I was in a position where I could say, okay, I'm ready, I'm really ready to do this right now.
0: Okay, when you say when are you going to do my will, and that's what you're hearing. How did you then take that message to do God's will?
1: Well, you know, because what 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 was implied was that what you're doing right now is not my will. <laughs> so so, uh, you know, so what I, I knew growing up in church, exactly what that meant, you know, the man that I was supposed to be, you know, the uh, the leader that I was supposed to be, you know, what I mean, and at this time I had a son already. Um, so who was, you know, three, four years old, three years old. So um, so I knew that, um, you know, I should be doing things differently with my life. And um, so it, it was not, you know, the hard thing for, for, for a person like me, when you grew up in church and you've been and you've heard a million messages and you read the Bible through and through, you know. You know exactly. So it wasn't a matter of me having to go, oh, I have to, let me figure out what this is all about. I knew exactly what I need to do. But trying to, I always felt like if I tried to like, okay, everybody leave, and I'm not doing this anymore, I'm not doing that anymore, never, never, ever again, then, you know, it would be one of those situations where you do it too fast, and all of a sudden you go, wait, what did I do? But I think the way that God did things for me during that time, um, even, you know, I, I got saved two weeks before I met my wife, two weeks. And I really believe that. And no, 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 I got to tell you the story. My, one of my teammates, God rest his soul, Chester McLaughlin passed away at 42 years old. And back in 2011, um, Chester McLaughlin met my wife a year and a half before I met her. Right now when he met her. On a Friday night, because she lived in the same apartment complex as she that he did, they had this, this community deal that she cooked the food and all this kind of stuff. He came in Saturday morning and told me, I met your wife last night. I met your wife? Yes. <laughs> he told me, I met your wife last night. And I was like, is that right? He was like, yes, yeah, she's a beautiful girl. She's a Christian girl. And, you know, she's a great cook and, da, da, da. and I was like, hold up, bro. I said, if she's all that. Why are you not? You know, he was like, man, she too good for me. So <laughs> he said she too good for me. And the only reason I didn't meet her before is because I I didn't trust. I was like, Chet, are you I know you. And there's no way a girl is going to be this fine or this whatever. And you're not trying to, and he just kept laughing. Like, Tim, I'm telling you, I don't want to, I don't want to go around this girl. So that's how, you know, she is like, you know, the, she's like and like, like, like we're looking at God or something. You know what I mean? You know, when we see her, everybody's like, just leave her alone, just leave her alone. Let her do her thing. She cooks the food. She goes in the room. She let us do whatever. And she comes back out, cleans up and she's out. And I was like, "Bro, why are you lying to your boy like that?" So, I mean, this was this went on for a year and a half almost. And uh, at his wedding, she comes walking in. I don't know if it's her. I'm sitting with twenty football players, and everybody's like, "Oh my God, look at that girl!" Da da da. You know, that's the one. That's the one. And uh, he ha- he just happened to have us sitting together at the table at his reception. We hit it off. Da da da. This and that. And I'm leaving early because the next day is my mom's birthday. I'm going home on a red eye from California. And I go up to him and say, man, I'm out of here. I was like, dude, this, this girl is Sharice. I was like, man, if I'd have met her six months ago, we'd be having a double wedding right now. And he literally grabbed me by the collar. And was like, boy, that's the girl I've been trying to get you to meet for a year and a half. So, um, so you know, uh, but I wasn't ready, man. Uh, my mindset was not not there. I would have probably been trying to play the same games on her that I was doing with everybody else. And, uh, but thankfully, you know, um, you know, during that time, that little two week period, you know, gave me a chance to look at things differently.
0: What an awesome story. Thanks for sharing that one, Tim. How did, uh, and we're talking to Tim Brown, former Notre Dame Heisman trophy winner here on Notre Dame federal credit unions, Irish sports Saturdays, our focus on faith interview. How then did, as you find yourself here, um, did your faith then help you, uh, in the, in the locker room, you know, to try to translate that with your teammates. I, I read something that you were saying it helped being really good at football that people would listen to you, uh, uh more because yeah. y- you were one of the, you were the top, you were the man, you were the guy in the locker room.
1: Yeah. You know, I, I think the first thing, the biggest mistake I I believe Christian athletes make is they believe that they're called to go into a locker room and and thump the bible, be a Bible thumper as we call them. And um, and I, I believe that is the biggest mistake that 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 Christian athletes can make. Um, because guys are not sweating and doing all that, especially in the NFL locker room. You're not doing everything you do on the football field to come into a locker room and and hear hear that. You know what I mean? And um, so I believe that you have to draw people to you or be drawn to people in order for you to be effective. Because otherwise, you know, people when you come around, people going to be like, oh, here you come, here you come, whatever, whatever. Well, my situation, you know. I felt bad because the locker room was is a rowdy place, right? I mean, I, I tell people some of the more more damnable things happen in a locker room. And at the same time, I believe that you can solve world peace in a, in a locker room. <laughs> uh, you know, but, you know, you, you have to be sometimes careful about what you say and what you do. Uh, but in, in certain situations, you know, I felt like, you know, for years I had brought a lot of the Calamity into to the locker room, and now all of a sudden I'm trying to take it out, right? And how am I going to do that and still keep my position as a captain, as a as a leader of this football team? And what I chose to do was to live my life, you know, because people didn't believe you. Everybody's like, "Oh, Tim Brown." Everybody tries to do this God thing, uh but you know, nobody nobody lasts, you know. So you know i think for me it was really just a matter of uh not just a matter of, but i just said to myself i'm going to live this thing the way i know how to live it and whatever happens happens and uh but at the same time if my play would have ever dropped on the field then everybody would have blamed it on 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 that they would they would have blamed it on me because we had a couple guys and i won't name any names but we had guys who would who all of a sudden were, were professing faith and, you know, when they dropped the ball, they would be saying, oh, God didn't want me to catch that pass. <laughs> you know, when they fumbled the ball, well, God wanted me to fumble, you know, it's like, hold up, bro. You know, like God, God is not, in, God is not in all that. You know what I mean? But uh, and I, I just thought that that was the wrong way. And that was not the 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 right way to, to represent, you know, your your faith anyway. So I chose not to do that. I chose to stay quiet, live my life, let people see what I was doing, and it took it took a while. It took over a season for it to happen, but you you saw guys start to pull me over. Hey man, you know whatever you're doing. It's, it's much different than than I saw this guy do or that guy do or this this guy so let me know what's going on can we can we talk? Can I come over to your house you know and all and I start to get those kinds of kinds of uh conversations with guys going you know younger guys coming into the league like Tim Brown. Man, I've never heard you curse. You ain't never cursing your life. I just, I, I used to curse coaches out, players out, my teammates out. Certainly referees, I curse them out all the time, without a doubt. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and they was like, man, I can't believe it. Well, that was my opportunity to to tell them, well, hey, God, God took all that away from me. You know, He He took that the 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 um, the the feeling of wanting to curse somebody out. He just He took all that away. You know, because I asked Him to take it away from me. You know what I mean? And, and and now you get you get to have these real deep conversations, man. I'm 38 years old. You got guys coming into the league 21, 22. I can almost be their dad. You know what I mean? And um, so having the opportunity to to show guys you can play this game at a high, high level and still serve God was something that uh, I felt very proud of, proud of when I walked away from the game.
0: You've been married almost uh, 25 years now. Uh, you have a bunch of great kids. How do you live your life now, Tim, as that role model for your children to 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 be a man of God?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I think you you have to, um, you have to keep living, man. I mean, even even when it seems like there's a good time for you to say something that is, um that it's out of line or whatever, you, you always have to be godly. You know, you always have to approach every situation because the one thing I know is my 18 my year old son, who just called me a second ago while we were on this call, um, he's looking, he's watching. And I know that because when I hear him talk to other people, he'll talk about what his dad does and what his dad doesn't do. You know, and I I was uh, in in a situation with him. I was at a baseball game, and I was talking to a guy to the right, and he was talking to a guy to the left, and I finished talking to the guy to the right, and I was just, you know, watching a baseball game, but I'm listening to him talk, man. And the guy was like, little Timmy, you you seem to be so composed, and And he was like, well, my dad does da-da-da-da-da, and my dad didn't do that, you know what I mean? And I was like, wow, you know what I mean? And this was, you know, six months ago. And, you know, it was just one of those things that makes you go, wow, you know, they are really watching you. They're watching everything that you do. So so for me, you know, living again, because I, I have the background and. I know what to do, how to do and all this kind of things, uh, all those kind of things. You know, it hasn't been a very difficult because I'm not searching for where God wants me to be or what I need to do because I know those things. I was taught those things at an early age. And it's just something that you have to be always cognizant of because, you know, not only your family, but, you know, people around them, they're always watching.
0: Tim, thank you so much for for sharing your your whole journey. This has been an incredible conversation. I want to sneak in one Notre Dame question. Uh, yeah, can you play offensive line? <laughs>
1: Oh, my God, man. i tell you what, it, it's it's hard to watch. It's hard to watch because we were so spoiled from being such a dominant offensive line for years and years and years. And uh, to have this one semi-down year is uh, is a very tough thing for your defense, for sure. But uh, look, man, I, I'm just hoping week after week that the guys get better. And uh, if that happens, then, you know, we'll have a very solid football team at the end of the year and going into next year. But yeah, it's uh, it's tough, man. It's tough, and I feel for the big guys because it's tough. It's tough when you uh, you feel like you're out there on an the island, and uh, it's it certainly seems like uh, that's the situation right now with uh, with a couple of offensive linemen.
0: Tim, thank you very much. We really appreciate it.
1: All right, guys, take care.
0: The legendary Tim Brown, uh, extraordinary interview. I mean, he was he was honest in every sense, uh, yeah. from Notre Dame to certainly his faith journey. Yeah, what were your takeaways, Kevin? Uh, Again, the honesty and and a couple really good laughs, (laughs) the way he put it, I guess we're all on the uh, faith journey of maturing and becoming the people we want to be and we want our kids to look up to, so... And now married almost 25 years, as he talked well, about a great his great story. Too. <laughs> he talked about his vice being women, and now uh, happily married and faithful to his wife for 25 years. Four kids, two boys, two girls, and Timmy Jr., who he referenced. I believe I believe that's who he was referencing there. Um, now is actually here at at Holy Cross College, so uh, oh, cool. as a student there. So great interview with uh, Tim Brown, and we appreciate him coming on. I think that might be my uh, my favorite one that we've had in. Uh, in these four years it was it was pretty powerful stuff do unto others as you would have others do unto you the golden rule when you schedule a financial checkup with notre dame federal credit union our people will be helpful and honest and kind they will look for ways to save you money and when your checkup is complete they will send 150 dollars to redeemer radio for more info visit notredamefcu.com slash elevate
1: You already share our values. Why not share in our benefits? Notre Dame Federal Credit Union.